Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making Coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Hope you're having a great Friday. We're going to be joined by Glenn East, the superintendent of schools for the Gulfport School System in the first segment. And then, of course, Jeff Duncan from The Athletics is going to join us here shortly. But I want to share something from my friend Susan Myers-Griggs. She said this, don't be afraid of being outnumbered. Eagles fly alone. Pigeons fly alone. Oh, excuse me, pigeons flock together. <laughs> I thought that was really good. Eagles fly alone, but pigeons flock together. It's interesting. You know, after I read that, I walked outside. I live on Back Bay on the northern shore of Back Bay, and we have an increasing number of bald eagles here. And after I read that, I looked up in the sky, and there was a bald eagle. And uh, and it was interesting because near the bald eagle flying near the – I guess they were, they were flying in the uh, – in the wind or whatever, but um, there were two ospreys, you know, very close by. It was a beautiful sight, actually. But, you know, there's something majestic about a bald eagle. When you see a bald eagle, I don't know if it's because we grew up, that being such a big symbol for America, and they're so, you know, they're such large animals. They're such majestic animals. They're beautiful to see them in person. And uh, we have a couple that live near our house, that so we get to see them more often these days. Um, but good good advice that Susan posted. You know, we, uh, we talk a lot about success and what it means to be successful and what it takes to be successful on this show. We talked to a lot of people who are successful. And one of the one of the people that we talked to that's been very successful is Glenn East, the superintendent of schools for Gulfport School System. But, you know, he's a really innovative guy. 6,400 students, 10 different schools, fighting the pandemic, having to be innovative. It's, it's truly amazing, Glenn, when we think about this. That over a year has passed since we, you and I first started talking about this pandemic and what it meant to us. Time flies, doesn't it, friend? Yes, it does, definitely. How have you been? Doing well, doing well. Just just left shaking the hands of 400-plus seniors and uh, for graduation practice, so looking at the end of another year and and uh, celebrating the staff. You know, Glenn East has a lot to do with something. The staff at Gulfport School District going to make this place run is, and kind of give me the credit, so it's been a great day so far. Well, you've done a good job of bringing your team together. Now, look, forget about – take the pandemic aside for a second. You and your team have been known as innovative educators for some time. And I think that, you know, what happens when you get in this this moment of challenge that, that we all had to face as a result of the pandemic, it's – you know, sometimes adversity makes us sharper. Sometimes it makes us, you know, more creative. It makes us more innovative. I mean, certainly we've learned that from all the challenges we've had here in Coastal Mississippi, that resiliency, this this thing that's in us, makes us makes us fighters. <laughs> and we, we, in a lot of ways, we had to kind of fight our way through this because there were so many unknowns when we first started to go into the pandemic, weren't there? Definitely, uh, a lot of unknowns. A lot of we we thought we were prepared to do this kind of thing, but were we? really tested the system to the max to, to do what we needed to do. And then, of course, had to stay flexible, make changes on the fly the best you can. You know, the difference between the hurricane and this and this pandemic is a hurricane's finite. When it's over, you know what you have to do. This pandemic was a different curveball, so to speak, every day for a while and then every week and then every month. So just making those adjustments on the fly at the building level and the classroom level have just been so important to us. Yeah, in the early days of the pandemic, 
I used to say this a lot about it and was that hurricanes come and go and there's an aftermath and then we have to deal with the aftermath, pick up the pieces, develop our plans, you know, do what we do. In the case of the pandemic, it's like the hurricane came, but then the ice sat on top of us and it just sat there and sat there and sat there for months and months, over a year, still sitting on us in some respects. Thank God we're in this, what I call the post-vaccine period now. But, you know, it's so interesting because you go back, you forget that in the beginning of the pandemic, getting COVID-19 was almost a death sentence. That was sort of the way we saw it. It was, it scared us to death. There was so much we didn't know about it. Then, of course, as the scientists and the health professionals began to work around it and we started to get develop more data, started to understand, you know, who it impacted the most and who the vulnerable were and all of that, the roles that kids played as potential spreaders and not not potential spreaders and what, what sort of their diagnosis was if they weren't in the vulnerable group. But it took some time for us to sort of get all that and understand it. And from an education point of view, when you guys were building a plan to see what it looks like to go back to school, man, it was dynamic, wasn't it? It really was. You know, you, 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 all the things you said, making sure that, you know, we learned pretty quickly that the students weren't necessarily the ones who were going to uh, contract the COVID, but going home as carriers to their grandmothers, their aunts, their uncles, their parents, those were all the things you were watching about, how far to keep them apart, how to make sure when we eat, we stay apart, all those normal school things that we take for granted and how each of those had to be dissected, if you will, to to make sure we were taking care of the spread and keeping the spread of transmission down. So, so I'm proud of you guys that once, once sort of you got to go ahead to open back up. So, but, but, you know, we, we had to look at this in various stages. There is a time when we were doing sort of remote learning. And then there was a time when we were back in school, probably a, a few more people, a uh, few less people doing remote uh, learning and more in the classroom Then slowly, but surely more in the classroom. But there were a lot of opportunities along the way during this during the pandemic for kids to fall behind so when you when you assess the situation even though you guys aggressively got back into the classrooms as quickly as possible there's still unless there's they're learning every single day um, you know there's just an opportunity there's only so much catching up you can do so how do you view this now as you look back well, Ricky, there was some mistakes, some mistakes that we made, if that's what you want to call them. For example, we started off with teachers doing both face-to-face and virtual at the same time. That didn't work for us. Uh, we, 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 we were not being the best we could be with students because of that. Not our fault, not their fault, just trying to learn how to do the system. So then we began to break away and you had a teacher would do just virtual and you had the just face-to-face and we saw the increase. Remember now in the beginning, we allowed parents to choose face-to-face or virtual. So we had about 25% of our students that chose virtual. And then as the year progressed, and as you said, we learned some things, uh, we got better at it. But then by Christmas in January, you know, we invited a lot of kids back that were virtual. Most of them were struggling virtual. N- nobody's fault. It's just learning the system and learning how to do it, what you can and can't do. So in January, we pulled a lot of students back in and were able to begin to that, that remediation, acceleration, whatever you want to call it, to catch them back up. But now as we've closed the year, we still have probably 200 to 250 students that have stayed virtual the whole year. Some of them have been tremendously successful. 
uh, in some of our schools, you know, the third grade gateway, 100% passage on virtual. Others have not. And again, fall's not the issue. It's just how to adjust. So as going forward, we've got to look at those students and those families and what can we do to make sure we catch them up. They're, they're, they're smart children. It's just a matter of they've missed some time and gaps. And we just got to spend some time with them, catching them up, but then also continue to push academically as you would in a normal school year. So that's our task going into to, uh, uh, July when we reopen school. Well, you, I mean, you think about you think about the challenges you have in a normal school year. I mean, kids, you know, not every kid comes from a household that has, you know, three meals a day. You know, not every not every uh, kid comes from a household where they have two parents in the house. And, you know, when they do, a lot of them, you know, both parents are working. I mean, so in a normal situation, kids have challenges, but then you factor in this whole thing around virtual and suddenly the structure of school is missing. And it just, it's just sort of like this, the gap to, to that enables kids to fall through that gets larger. There's just no way around it. And, and I love the way you say that it's no one's fault. We are, arrived in this place that, that COVID put us in, we've done remarkably well under the circumstances, but we just still have to come, we have to circle back now and close that gap for those students that, that didn't have the support systems or whatever, whatever would have been their individual challenges. Did I say that well? So it well. It's just like we, we've got this safety net right now, but right now it's full of kids. We've got to be able to begin to pull them out and, and get them back to the, as you say, the post-vaccine world of, of COVID and, and back into school and, and help them out. You know, Gulfport, we believe that we're primarily responsible for every child's education. That when they walk in our door, as teachers have got to push them further than they wanted to push themselves. And so this little group that is, that is clinging to that net, we got to pull them in and make it happen for them in, in, a, in a short period of time. So, what's, what's interesting about this is that you're describing essentially what most superintendents, certainly along the coast, have dealt with. And they've all been innovative. They've all made their adjustments, just as Glenn East is talking about. Um, but what's interesting is that even with the successes that you had and this net that we talked about that's full of kids, imagine school districts in certain parts of the U.S. where they did virtual the whole year. Imagine how many kids are behind. Uh, there's gonna, we're going to be studying that, Glenn, for 20 years, the impact that that's had. I agree, and, and I think we've learned a lot. I think those of us that, that tried and pushed the envelope to get back to face-to-face -face and provide virtual are going to be able to teach. I think those that have been virtual all year long are going to bring to some tables some things that they've learned. So as, as in hurricane preparedness that we started off with, if this happens again, I think we'll have a better roadmap as, as a state, I mean, at the coast for sure, as a, as a state than as a country, just on how to make sure we can deal with this. We do not want to lose this generation of children, and nobody does in any of our states, in our country. So it's just a matter of pulling it together and learning from each other going forward. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Glenn, a superintendent of school system uh, in Forgotport. And uh, there's so much to talk about about other learnings and where we go from here, really some really outstanding innovation that's about to be implemented in Gulfport. We'll talk more about that in a second. See you after this break. Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Hey, South Mississippi, it's J. Allen at J. Allen Toyota, and I got something new for you for 2021. It's the J. Allen Certified Collection. 
What that means is we selected our very best inventory with under 75,000 miles and they're six years old or newer. That comes with a multi-point inspection, a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty, and a three-day buyback guarantee. So come check out the JL and Certified Pre-Owned Collection right here at 10 Exit 38 in Gulfport or on allentoyota.com. When COVID started, Gulf Coast Business Furniture and Supply began stocking hard-to-find PPE items. When Amazon and other mega internet companies were out of stock or inflating prices, Gulf Coast Business Furniture and Supply was providing local schools and businesses vital PPE supplies at fair prices. When your office needs PPE supplies, office furniture, or products to keep your business operating, consider Gulf Coast Business Furniture and Supply. We sell that too. Buy local. Super Talk Mississippi. From outer space, visitors from another world. We've had contact with bug eyed monsters. This is actually a flying saucer. Flying saucer? I'm from another planet. Where late nights are kind of weird. Well, they must have a reason for their visits. The unexplained, the weird, and the downright creepy. Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. Late nights. Super Talk Mississippi. If Alexa's part of your life, you've got one more way to access Super Talk. Super Talk Mississippi is now available on Amazon Alexa devices. Once enabled, just say, Alexa, play Super Talk Mississippi at any time and start listening. It's that easy. Just one more way to stay informed and connected with your state. Learn more at supertalk.fm slash Alexa. Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Now available on Amazon Alexa devices. Feeling down? Here's your prescription for a daily dose of good news and positive vibes. Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Every afternoon, Rebecca highlights all the good things happening right here in the state you call home. Daily exposure to good things with Rebecca Turner may cause smiling, feelings of positivity, happiness, and even laughter. When you experience these symptoms, tell your friends to listen. Okay. Weekdays starting at 2 p.m. here on Super Talk Mississippi and now on Amazon Alexa devices. 106.3 Casino Radio is here. Tune to 106.3 to discover all of our must-see attractions and everything that's happening at our 12 incredible casino resorts. Where to eat, where to stay, what to do, and where to play. 106.3 Casino Radio has you covered with everything you need to know to help make your visit here to the coast one you'll never forget. Turn on 106.3 Casino Radio or listen now on our website, CasinoRadio1063.com. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Back to Coast View. We're having a conversation with Glenn Ace, the superintendent of the Gulfport School System. And obviously you can't help at this moment in the in the on the calendars to look back and think about the uh, incredible innovation that had to occur on the part of, of, of all educational leaders. And as he pointed out, I, I like the I like the way you present that because, you know, I, I think there may be political reasons why certain states did the things they did, and all you know, all that set all that aside for a second. We're going to learn a lot from those those schools that did 100% virtual. We're going to learn some things that actually make us better, and then they're going to learn. Then we're going to learn a lot from uh, organizations like yours that went through the evolution to get back in school as quickly as possible. But one of the things that really sticks out, one of the, I said, sort of the clarion calls is that 
we became really aware in the state of Mississippi why broadband access, why internet access is so darn important. And I just wanted to share one quick thing with you. Um, in a conversation I had with Joel Carter, Senator Joel Carter, who was you know a real principal leader and kind of pushing that forward, I give our state a lot of credit because you know in a time when our leaders aren't always on the same page, in this particular case, the governor, lieutenant governor, speaker of the house, leaders in both sides of our legislature were very very aligned around how to take some of that res that restore money or, or some of the money that was coming down from the federal government around the pandemic and use it in a way that could really be transformational for this state. So they passed a number of bills. They got electric co-ops involved and they've done a number of things. But what in a really interesting conversation I had with Joe Max Higgins from the Golden Triangle Economic Development Group and Ashley Edwards from the Business Council, we got into this conversation and Joe Max said that of all the projects he's ever been involved in, I mean, major Japanese companies coming to the Golden Triangle and all these things, of all the things he's been involved with in 20 years, nothing will be more transformational than the broadband access uh, effort that's underway right now in, in Mississippi. And Ashley added to that uh, examples of how it literally transformed uh, an entire community in just a matter of years. Uh, what do you think about when you think about connecting Mississippi, the rural nature of Mississippi, and, and what you've learned during the pandemic, how important that can be? So as prepared as we thought we were, Ricky, remember, we had students that could not get to us. Uh, because of, of access, whatever the case may be. So we had, being a tight school district, we purchased the hot spots, began to make that work. But the money that's coming through the Mississippi Connects program, where we put a, a device in every student's hand in this state, and now the work on through the legislature on, on trying to get internet or connectivity to every community that you can, think about the power that you're doing for every Mississippi. You're providing them an access to school, to, to the world of work, all because you've expended your broadband power. The conversation about that right now is fabulous. And the results that you're beginning to see are, are, are wonderful. As anything in us, school, anywhere, it's slow, but we're getting there. And I'm hearing more and more of our parents that have that access now in all parts of the state. But think about the state of Department of Education and how quickly, you know, we, we all thought it was slow in the beginning, but you go back and you look at it, how quickly they were able to get out equipment for students to use during this pandemic and how powerful that was. And now the connectivity part is beginning to, to come to the top. We were in a conversation yesterday in a meeting talking about virtual education. It's not going to go away. There are students that have excelled at this, that, that do things that being face-to-face -face every day is difficult. So, for example, if you're an Olympic person, if you're 17, 18, trying to work through the Olympics, you're traveling. But to be able to come back to your hometown and be able to see your teachers and work with them virtually, that's powerful stuff. So the whole concept of broadband is, a, it, to me, is a big economic push. I mean, excuse me, push, and then also big economic, a big educational push for our state. Absolutely great to hear those conversations. And when I say that it's transformative, it, sort of, it, it certainly enables uh, enables learning in ways that we now fully appreciate, for sure. I mean, there was an element of that, that there before, but that, that spin was just, excuse me, that, that trend was put on steroids as a result of the pandemic. But just in terms of just just the the power of connecting Mississippi is like, it is revolutionarily transformative, isn't it? Very much so. Think about Think about, you, you mentioned the Golden Triangle, the Tupelo area. Think about them having the best, let's just say, chemistry teacher for the sake of talk right now. The best chemistry teacher in Mississippi. 
and thinking about other schools being able to draw from that teacher's experience virtually because they've got the broadband capacity to do it to go all over the state. Think about the school districts that struggle to find even a good chemistry teacher and you have access to some of the best in the state with your students. That in itself makes it an economic driver and an educational driver, in my opinion. It really does. I talk a lot about the Mississippi Delta because I've, I've, I spent a lot of time there. I love it there. And I appreciate that on so many levels, Mississippi can never arrive in terms of being better and transformative in the truest sense. If we don't solve areas and help economic development and education and all the you know barriers, whatever they might be. But the thought of connecting people in the Delta and having them having them have access and and, and to, to information and to, to education and whatever else. See, it really is going to be revolutionary for our state. Hey, we're going to shift gears now. You guys, you know, we talked before about the whole notion of a flexible school year, uh, whether year-round school, modified schedules, whatever you want to call it. And uh, at the time, we talked about 10% of the students in America were involved in some way. But but you've seen, you know, first of all, you'll let people tell you, you, you can tell people where you are as it relates to that. But we're seeing adoption begin to uh, to spread now. So kind of bring us up to date on all that. So as you know, we uh, Corinth, Mississippi, Corinth School District started that process about eight years ago. We've uh, we've explored them as we talked about in the past. Um, we are ready to go. We, we, we are uh, after after we get these teachers home and let them have some rest and, and, and recharge that battery. We're ready to go on July the 23rd and start this process. Um, I, it's, we've got several school districts that have called us. We've got others who are in the process of adopting uh, Lamar County, Forest County, I think will be full-fledged. Pedal has adopted a two-year calendar, one of which is a regular calendar and then going into a flexible calendar uh, in two years. A lot of phone calls, a lot of planning on our part. Uh, each of our kids carried home a flexible cal uh, calendar with the intercession work on it. So we're rolling and looking forward to, uh, to testing the waters and, and, and testing our plan in that aspect as we go forward. So is it just in, in terms of... of you know, parents and others sort of embodying what this means for them. How has this acceptance level been? You know, it's been very good. Once we sit down and talk and see the benefits, um, there's been very few that have, have been complaining or, or, or talking about it. The, the key to it is if in those intercessions, we're able to keep students from falling further behind. And we're also, remember we talked a while back about chronic absenteeism, the families that, that because they have to work during the summer months, have to, have to take their vacations, which you need them to do, but they have to take those during the school year. So that gives them some windows to take those days and not miss school. So those, those two things really for us are powerful, one on the absenteeism, the other on the remediation and acceleration for those children. That also poses our biggest worry right now, Ricky, is that those parents have got to help us set them up and say, look, we've got this opportunity to work in a small group with your children. Please get them there. They've got, they've got the same breakfast and lunch they would during the school day, but please get them there so they don't fall further behind. So we're identifying them earlier, offering some chances to catch them up earlier. It's got to be a positive in the long run. So let's let's talk about it. So for someone who's hearing the word intercession for the first time, let's just give them a sense of the rhythm and how it works and what you're doing during that period of time. So first, we'll start school on July the 23rd. You have a nine-week school session. You'll still have your same Labor Day holidays, whatever the case may be. But then at the end of September and the first week in October, cruising the coast, by the way, you will uh, you will not have school in session. 
but then you have an intercession. So the Gulfport School District is offering camps, is offering uh, activities for children to do, but also is pulling in students who are struggling after this first nine weeks. We're not going to wait till summer to begin to try to help those kids. They get their afternoon tutoring, they get their tutoring with their teachers, but this gives them some, some small face-to-face -face time to be able to catch up. So you'll have teachers for one week of that intercession working with students, making sure those gaps do not widen going into second semester, second nine weeks. So each nine weeks is nine on and then two off with the same holidays that you would normally have in a school district, Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, you know, Mardi Gras, like you do here on the coast, spring break, and so on and so forth. So, so interesting. So I, I really get, though, that there has to be a partnership between the teacher, the student, and the parents so that during that intercession, if there's, you know, there's ground to be made up or additional you know, work that needs to be done, boy, that's really critical. But that's really so, sort of the basis for success of the whole program, isn't it? It is. But it's also not going to be normal school. Let's, let's make sure we know that. So, for example, we'll start this summer with a summer academy. And so all we're doing there is, is offering some experiences that still teach the skills, but it's not going to be sitting in the classroom at a desk as, as we normally would think about it. It's, it's, some, it's trying to, to increase the experience level of children, too. The intercessions are the same way. Don't, don't expect to walk in a classroom and sit in the, around in a circle or whatever. It's going to be dynamic things to teach differently those skills that students are struggling with. So the so, uh, final minute we have left, you just came from graduation of 400 students. How did it feel to sit there and watch that? Look, it, it was wonderful to watch 400 Gulfport High School admirals that will graduate and, and move on. And, and you just see, you know, you, you, I've, I've known them since kindergarten, some of them, you just see them grow up. And, and, it's, and who can't help but smile at graduation, you know, and, and it's just the power of that class and how they have hung together through this pandemic. And, uh, you know, the 30-plus club on ACT is one of the largest we've had during this pandemic. Uh, just a lot of great kids that are looking forward to, to moving on. You know, largest, we have our largest career, I mean, uh, Collegiate Academy graduation group from Gulf Coast Community College. And a lot of kids walking from off the stage into pretty good jobs uh, at different places along the coast. Teachers have done their jobs, Ricky. They've done their jobs well. Administrators have done their jobs well this year in the Gulfport School District. And we'll congratulate the perfections. Yeah, congratulations on a really challenging year. And you know, there's, there, you know, th this is a moment to celebrate. And uh, you know, kids will never be the same. They'll always look back at this moment and remember the special relationship they had with their teachers and their schools and what it did to help prepare them for these next steps in their lives, which are, it's going to be fun to watch that. Anyway, hey, Glenn A., Superintendent of Gulfport School System, as usual, it's awesome to uh, catch up with you. I really enjoy our time together. Thank you very much, Ricky. You bet. And uh, when we come back, we'll have Jeff Duncan from The Athletic. When COVID started, Gulf Coast Business Furniture and Supply began stocking very hard to find PPE items to make our community a safer place. When Amazon and other mega internet companies were out of stock or inflating prices, Gulf Coast Business Furniture and Supply was providing local schools and businesses vital PPE supplies at fair prices. They were even sending thousands of dollars of PPE supplies free to local schools in need with help from other local business leaders. The next time your office needs PPE supplies, office furniture, or products to keep your business operating, consider a local company that supports your ball teams, cheerleaders, and area homeless. Consider Gulf Coast Business Furniture and Supply, the local guys that keep your prices fair, your service and selection excellent. 
and your health our business. Gulf Coast Business Furniture and Supply. We sell that too. Buy local. Supertalk.fm has a new look and is more informative than ever with expanded Mississippi news coverage, the latest Mississippi weather, Mississippi sports, and of course, the talk that's important to you. Every show, every podcast, and every late-breaking story. Constantly updating the news the second new developments happen. All in one place. The new supertalk.fm. Hey, South Mississippi, the future has arrived. It's 2021, and at J. Allen Toyota, we're here to serve you. Want to let you know that we have Allen's lifetime warranty on every new Toyota we sell. That also comes with Toyota Care. That's two years and 25,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. We have a great rental department. Our service department's ready to take care of your current vehicle. We're rolling out J. Allen certified pre-owned for 2021. You got to come to I-10 exit 38 right here in Gulfport. You're going to love what we have to offer. When you think Toyota, think Allen Toyota. Feeling down? Here's your prescription for a daily dose of good news and positive vibes. Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Every afternoon, Rebecca highlights all the good things happening right here in the state you call home. Daily exposure to good things with Rebecca Turner may cause smiling, feelings of positivity, happiness, and even laughter. When you experience these symptoms, tell your friends to listen. Okay. Weekdays starting at 2 p.m. here on Super Talk Mississippi and now on Amazon Alexa devices. Hey, I'm Steve Azar, and you never know who or what you'll hear when I spend a Mississippi minute with my friends. Talking to Paul Thorne, Mississippi, true treasure, uh, really incredible recording artist, singer, songwriter, has been doing it a long time, doing it the right way. It's almost like a Forrest Gump thing because I was a boxer, slash, I worked in a furniture factory, slash, I had a gig two nights a week playing my acoustic guitar, in a pizza restaurant, slash, I was in the National Guard, <laughs> and, wow. uh, you know, all this stuff was going on at the same time. Slash, I had a writing contract with Rick Hall in fame. In a Mississippi Minute. Be sure to check out In a Mississippi Minute with me, Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk Mississippi app, and now available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. For something new and unique in talk radio, take a listen to The Ben Shapiro Show. Every day, we're driving the debate in America with the fastest moving, hardest hitting, most comprehensive fact-based commentary on the radio. We don't hold back. We never shy away from telling you the truth. Our show is a meeting place of ideas. We have the most important guests and the biggest thinkers in America. Weeknights at 9. For something new and unique in talk radio, take a listen to The Ben Shapiro Show. On Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're brand new to the DIY craze or a seasoned veteran, The Handyman Show has something for you. Buddy Slowick shares tips and tricks on everything from odd jobs to complete build-outs, from small home repairs to serious construction. So no matter if you're at the master carpenter level or not quite sure how to use a level, The Handyman Show answers your questions with a healthy dose of humor and some great music, too. Saturdays, 10 to noon on Super Talk Mississippi and on Super Talk TV. 
Super Talk Mississippi. Just, just seems to me people have so much invested in not telling the truth. When you want the truth. Simply because it might hurt some feelings. And nothing but the truth. Lose some subscribers. You want the Gallo Radio Show. I just think in this audience you still believe that if you tell the truth you come out ahead. The Gallo Radio Show. And if you tell yourself otherwise, you're lying to yourself. Mornings on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.